I went into Yoongi's sophomore outing as August D, knowing that I would probably find a ton to love about the album. After all, I literally love Yoongi's voice. I'm talking about from the literal raspy sound of it and how he delivers his fierce verses to the way that he uses his capital V voice to unload sharp, intricate, and interesting commentary that often seems to revolve plainly around his past, present, and future as a rapper. Mind you, though, I was primed to like Yoongi's return to the stage as August D. For one thing, I am and will probably always be fully fucking feral for every member of BTS's brilliant rap line. You may remember this from my review of BTS's February release Map of the Soul 7 because I couldn't shut up about it then. For another though, it's been how long since Yoongi's first mixtape? From the moment that I first heard Give It To Me from his self-titled mixtape from 2016, I knew I needed more. And more, for the most part, aside from one song that really grinds my gears because of the sample it uses and the overwhelming fandom response, is absolutely what we get with D2. D2 has 10 tracks that all cross genres, showcase Yoongi's creativity as a rapper, songwriter, and producer, and feature multiple collaboration across the album from other talented artists. I'll go over them one at a time to talk about my initial feelings about each song and how I feel about the song after going over the translations provided by helpful translator accounts like Dulcet Bangtan's account that also provide necessary Korean cultural and historical context in the process. While I'm here, I also got information on songwriting and production credits from that site, so that's awesome. Note that this is a review that will have some critical thoughts at points, especially around one song in particular. If that's not your cup of tea because you like pure positivity about your Korean pop culture, you have my permission to pour it out and move on. My feelings will not be hurt. Now, let's get on to the main event. The first track on D2 is Moonlight. Courtesy of Dulcet Bangtan, the song's Korean title translates directly to That Moon and was written and produced by Yoongi and Ghost Loop. First impressions from a mixtape matter a ton. The song that opens a mixtape can make or break its audience. If it doesn't have the right fit, if it doesn't do a good enough job introducing the artist to new listeners, if it doesn't show enough growth as a follow-up release. I am happy to say that Moonlight serves as a stellar introduction to D2. Moonlight has a throwback sound and revolves around Yungi tracing his path through hip-hop, starting from starting his music career in a basement studio in Daegu to where he's at now on the top of the music charts and as a sought-after producer. This was a song I liked before I read the translated lyrics, in part because the beat and Yungi's cadence as he raps reminds me of block parties and summer outside. Like I mentioned the throwback sound to this song, and I feel as though it's clearly on purpose to evoke the idea of a reflective path along a life in hip-hop that's been well-lived but still stressful because it can be a struggle to create. Because it can be a struggle to face what you have now when compared to who you were before and what you had or didn't have then. One of the things that I talked about in my review of Map of the Soul 7 and Yungi's Shadow Interlude was 
about how relatable Yoongi is because of how he talks about the struggles of wanting fame and then actually getting it, especially when your brain seems compelled to send you spiraling constantly. In Moonlight, Yoongi is even more relatable when he raps about how sometimes I feel like I'm a genius, sometimes I feel like I have no talent. Sometimes songs write themselves like crazy, but then when I'm stuck, I'm stuck like there's no way out. Yeah, right now, I wrote verse one fucking fast, but can't make verse two no matter how hard I rack my brain. And as someone constantly stalling partway through projects that really need to get done and that I'm actually passionate about and struggling to get the next line down, even though the story is already written in my head, I feel that. I feel that real hard. I'm also absolutely in love with the mental imagery that Yungi provides by talking about how the moon slash moonlight that was with him when he started his career in music at first is the same one that's above him right now. No matter how much everything else changes, fame, skill, family, friends, there's some constants out there and it is comforting to be reminded that that's one thing that probably won't change. Next up is Dechita. That song was written and produced by Yungi and El Capitan and uses a sample from National Gugak Center's Dechita. Direct from Wikipedia, Dechita, literally great blowing and hitting, is a genre of Korean traditional music consisting of military music played by wind and percussion instruments generally performed while marching. That is super cool. I think for me, De Chita really works best as I watch the incredibly cinematic music video. I listen to the song first as part of my first run through on D2, and then when I finish listening to the album, I put on the music video with English captions so I can get like the full scope. For most of this weekend, De Chita has been the only song on D2 where I started with the lyrics instead of solely focusing on the vibe I got from the songs and Yungi's method of delivery across his songs. With the context from the video itself and from where Dulcet Bangtan provides historical notes about the references that Yungi references in his song and that show up in the video, I have this view of De Chita as half diss track and half historical fan fiction. In their notes while translating, Dulcet Bangtan talks about how a bunch of cool stuff, like how um, when Yungi's verse references a Guanghe flow, he's talking about the deposed 15th king of the Joseon dynasty, or how his born a slave, risen a king line, above that one, is based on the plot of Masquerade, the very movie that the music video seems to be inspired by. Also, okay, I just want to talk a little bit about the music video because it is incredible. And also, I want to talk about the behind the scenes stuff that explains the music video concept as Yungi talks about the song and concept in a way that really works for me. First of all, on a supremely shallow note, Yungi looks really good in this music video. He's playing two different versions of himself as Agusti, the Mad King on top of the world, and the upstart coming to take him down, and both are really good looks on him. If you've peeped the cover of this bonus episode, you'll see that I used a photo from the shoot as one of the images in addition to the D2 cover itself. I literally couldn't help myself. I'm always very weak for Yungi on multiple levels and the combination of his gloriously soft and raspy voice, rude lyrics for a very Caribbean definition of rude that does not mean what you probably think it does, and appealing visuals 
makes the Dechita music video stand out. Then, okay, I love an artist that gets to the point of their thing really quickly. Mind you, I'm also a fan of meandering trips through an artist's pro- process, and Namjoon's post-album lives are honestly a really good example of how that works. But there's something so sexy about Yoongi quickly summarizing his music video and the song in a video that's under six minutes long. I literally lost it when Yoongi said that Dechita is more about the auditory enjoyment than the lyrics, so I'd say you should focus more on the visual and auditory layers, like in a good way entirely, because this was again the only song that I went into doing all three, focusing on the auditory and visual aspects, but also trying to keep the lyrics in my head. So to see Yoongi say that I could have uh, not done that last bit, I cannot stop laughing. Dechita is great on its own and as part of just like laying there and listening to the track in the dark but the music video takes it to another level and honestly I love having permission to just not pay attention to lyrics every once in a while although of course Yungi does write good lyrics. Now let's uh, talk about what do you think which was produced and written by El Capitan and Ghost Loop with Yuki coming on for writing as well. Here's where you're going to get some of the criticism I promised. So again, if this isn't your cup of tea, pour it out and move on. Okay? Thanks. So, here's the thing about what do you think. If I ignore the sample that opens the track, it's a devastating diss track. The lyrics are a fantastic fuck you to the people who keep BTS's name in their mouths, even though they hate them. Like Ugh from Map of the Soul 7, what do you think takes aim at people with more free time on their hands than common sense, and who try to make their problem with the artist the artist's problem? Across this track is the repeated insistence that Yoongi doesn't care about what haters and busybodies looking for a fast track to the top think. Normally, I love songs like this. I mean, I repress a lot of my righteous rage because it's easier, but I'm honestly never far away from telling a lot of people about themselves, you feel? So, diss tracks where an artist like Yoongi claps back against people who are more invested in image and in starting shit than they are in their own careers and their own successes. So good to me. Except that opening sample. Now, I wasn't super focused on the sample or any conversations around it when Bring the Soul came out and he played the original version of the song used on the track. If I had, I would have brought it up then. But I didn't clock it because, and I shit you not, the beat was so good that I couldn't think of anything else once I got into it. But here I am with my headphones on as What Do You Think starts playing and I hear a voice that is both disturbing and familiar to me because like many of y'all, I did have a true crime phase as a youth. Jim Jones. Look, multiple artists have dared to use or sample parts of one of the many rambling servants, sermons that cult leader Jim Jones delivered to the, his flock in their work. My friend Ash told me about Brockhampton's 1998 Truman, and I found a handful of other songs in and out of rap and by artists with various levels of talent on my own. However, being in good company on this doesn't mean that the choice to sample one of Jones's sermons is in anything other than bad taste. Here's the thing. 
I don't actually know how Yungi got on the Jim Jones train in order to sample his sermon and make this track and mix it with his metaphors. I don't know if Yungi did any research before or after listening to his words into Jones or the horrifying events that he was entirely responsible for. I find it unlikely that Yungi could have simply stumbled across one of Jones's sermons without also coming across any research or explanation for what Jonestown was and the mass death he ultimately caused. And that alone bothered me. I would be disturbed if Yungi had sampled Jeffrey Dahmer or Charles Manson on a track. But then there's the issue of who died at Jonestown. Did you know that of the 909 people who lived and died in Jonestown on November 1978, the vast majority, around 70%, were Black people? 460, or about 45% of the whole population of Jones's little colony, were specifically Black women. Do you think Yungi knows that Jim Jones actively preyed on Black people searching for someone to believe in or that believed in them? Do you think he knows that Jones stole from and manipulated these people until they left the United States and everyone they loved to go to his compound? Do you think that Yungi knows that you can listen to the death tape that includes the sounds of Jones's poor devoted followers dying in droves around him? I am annoyed. <laughs> Truly. Genuinely, it is in bad taste to use a sample of anyone responsible for an atrocity at that scale in your work. But it is especially in poor taste to use Jones, a man responsible for the largest mass death of Americans until 9-11, as the opening for an otherwise exceptional diss track, and that the Americans that died there were largely black, that they were manipulated into giving up their families, their agency, their money, and finally their lives for this man who promised them the world, that just doesn't sit right with me. And the thing is that so many people that I've seen talk about this track aren't talking about the sample, or they're not talking about it as a problem. I've seen more people hyping it up than anything, and yes, Yungi is innovative. Not everyone would take a Jim Jones sermon and put it in their hip-hop song, but a little acknowledgement that this is an extremely poor fucking taste would be nice. Because yes, talking about controversial and disturbing topics and making a point are all important things that Yungi seems capable of. However, using that sample in this song isn't that. It's just a bad call that left a bad taste in my mouth. Anyway, if not for the sample, what do you think would easily be my favorite song on the album because it speaks to me? Because of the sample, it's the only song I don't love on the album, which sucks. And like, when I ever get around to writing all the postcards I want to write BTS, Yungi's is going to have a very neatly printed postscript explaining why Why Do You Think cut me up all night before I did this review. Whew. Anyway, let's just move on to Strange, featuring RM slash Namjoon. Obviously, as Namjoon writes his own verses, he's joining our existing writing and producing setup for the song, and it is good. Again, supremely biased in favor of all three members of BTS's rap line, so to have two of the three on a track together is delicious. Remember, Respect for Map of the Soul 7 was one of my favorite unit songs on the album because it's Yoongi and Namjoon at their best and doing their best. 
I remain obsessed with that song. Although uh, now I don't want to know what the sample is from, just in case. Anyway, so it stands to reason that Strange is just another song I really like. The beat is really incredible. I'm absolutely beyond amused by the uh, auto-tuned introduction Yungi delivers. And then like, okay, I didn't actually read the track list for D2 until I listened to Strange for the first time. And so I'm here vibing along with Yungi in the dark with my speaker tucked under my pillow. And I hear Namjoon's voice and I fell out of bed trying to get to my phone on the other side of the room so I can make sure I wasn't hallucinating. <laughs> and okay, so I think of Strange as an anti-capitalist bop or mm, a capitalism critical bop. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear anti-capitalistic sentiments coming from a guy who in the previous song was bragging about how many zeros he's got in his bank account, that's for sure. Not bad or whatever, just interesting. And I know I've seen people muse about that before with BTS, of them still singing older songs about class and wealth issues like Bafse when they're millionaires is weird or somehow wrong of them since they're part of the privileged. And like, while I get that point of view as a certified poor, uh, A, if they decided to never perform Bafse again, I'd cry for missing it. Song and the hip thrusts. B, I think it's definitely complicated for me. Like, they are millionaires, and I'm still on that hashtag eat the rich mentality and unwilling to extend that much understanding. But at the same time, they're seeing the world around them. They read the news, they see what fans are concerned about. They don't live in a bubble, and as far as I know about most of them, they weren't all born into the laps of luxury. And as always, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong and they were literally all little princes. So maybe they're not talking about themselves in 2020, but they're talking to us in 2020. And I mean, there are more of us than there are of them. So <laughs> I don't know. It may not work for you and you may not like it, but I like Strange because it's the kind of complicated conversation because Namjoon and Yungi's verses are really a conversation taking different approaches to the same issue that I always crave. And it's coming from two rappers I feel a deep fondness for and uh, relatedness to. I don't know if I've talked about this on any of the previous episodes that have been a bit K-pop-y, but Yoongi and Namjoon are the members of BTS that I've creatively clicked with the most for a variety of reasons. So far, they're the members whose work directly has inspired some aspect of mine, especially when it comes to a return to rap as a writer and trying to figure it out for myself. Ugh. I love this track and I love these funky little nerds. Up next is 28 featuring Niwa. The Korean title translates directly to perhaps I'm gradually becoming an adult. Thanks, still said Bunkton. And sees his noise replacing the now familiar ghost loop on writing and producing duties. <laughs> I read the lyrics for this song and somehow I felt old. I'm only two or three years older than Yungi and yet here I am feeling elderly. The song itself is great. Before I read the lyrics it was a total vibe and now after I've sat with the lyrics for a while and kind of did some reflection of my own to match Yungi's, it's still a good song but it's also fucking sad and how relatable it is. And again, that's one of the major appeals of Yoongi's songwriting for me. 
he's usually able to get right at the core of what bothers me as a creator in person because it's what's bothering him. Like, where the song's like, though I'm breathing, it feels like my heart is broken down. Yeah, to talk about now, it's about becoming an adult who finds it only overwhelming to grasp onto a dream and becoming an adult. The shit hits different and it hits hard. Having dreams and trying to figure out how to hold on to them and do what you need to do to make money and take care of yourself. The shit's hard. Ugh. I don't have a lot to say about 28 aside from overwhelming emotions that feel like sadness, except that I once again like Yoongi's more reflective songs because of the vibe they give me. And I'm glad to have been introduced to Niwa through this song. I'll be checking out some of his work in the future because he has a great voice and I want to see what his work sounds like. Speaking of new to me artists, up next is Burn It, which features Max, a dude I didn't know before Friday outside of a few selfies he had taken with Yoongi. But y'all, that man has a voice and a half on him. I see the ashes falling out your window There's someone in the mirror that you don't know And everything was all wrong So burn it till it's all gone I keep singing Max's part in the song when I'm wandering around our little apartment trying to be chill and active around here. I fucking love this song. Like, it's not a head empty, heart full of burn it situation, but uh, it's pretty close. Even after reading the translated lyrics, I'm mostly just like in love with the sound of the song and the way that Yingi and Max's voice voices work together. Like, I don't have anything particularly introspective to say about this song. Sorry, I just like it a lot. <laughs> I'm also going to have to figure out where to start with Max since his voice is, again, incredible. Now it's on to People, which was written and produced by Yoongi and P-Dog. Why so serious? Why so serious? Why so serious? I'm so serious. I'm so serious. I'm so I think I like the song so much more after I read the translated lyrics. Like, vibing is all well and good, and clearly I have done a ton of that across this mixtape. But understanding the lyrics causes the song to sort of unfurl for me. I liked it from, um, my first listen, of course, Yoongi's voice is fantastic here, and I've been getting such a kick out of his little mm-mm-mm-mm, why so serious, and parts of the song, because it is just honestly really cute of him. But People also gives me energy, not just from the beat, which is of course fantastic, but because of the hopeful note across the lyrics that make me think, okay, things can still get better. Like, flow along the way the water flows. Maybe there's something at the end, a special life, an ordinary life, each of them on their own. It's all good. It's all good. And the whole point is that like what's special to him might be ordinary to us and vice versa. Like I can't really explain it, but reading the lyrics and holding them in my head made me feel warm 
because the things I took for granted that I could do before these current quarantine times, like go grocery shopping or hang out at a bar with friends or whatever, are things that Yungi hasn't been able to do on his own for several years now. Like, things change for better or for worse, and all we can do is keep trying, keep going. I just fucking love this song (laughs) and this nerd. Now we're on track eight, Hansul, a song about uh, drinking alone. So one of my favorite pastimes. Again, Yungi remains relatable and I remain adoring. <laughs> Thanks to Dulcet Bangtan, I now know that Hansul, the song's title, is an abbreviation of a phrase that refers to alcohol that one drinks alone or the activity of drinking alone. Something that the translator points out is a recent trend towards individual individualism in society and relaxing solo. I know that there are a lot of drinking cultures around the world where after work drinks with a bunch of your coworkers and sometimes even your bosses are seen as the norm. Heck, in the before times, we had drinking days at my office. And sometimes it's just nice to be alone with a drink, even if your thoughts aren't that nice when you're alone with them. I think that, again, Yungi manages to be so relatable that it hurts because, like, how he's like, I thought I'd party every day when I became a superstar, but the ideal is slapping the reality in the back of his head. Y'all, this shit hits hard. <sighs> okay, next is Interlude, Set Me Free. This is the second to last track on D2, and it has a chill as hell sound that sucked me in on my first listen. Set me free, yeah. Set me free is such an effective interlude because it gives you room to sit with and think about what you've listened to so far. It's a break built into D2 that still gives you much to marvel at because Yungi is singing on this track. Yes, he sang before, we know this, but how he sings on Set Me Free is just so soothing. I found myself playing the song on repeat for like a solid hour at one point this weekend because it just makes me happy. Makes me feel like I'm floating. How does it make y'all feel? (laughs) Finally, we close out D2 with Dear My Friend. A song featuring Kim Jong-won of Nell, who previously worked with Namjoon on Everything Goes. Courtesy of Dilsat Bangtan, a direct translation of the song's Korean title is What Would It Have Been Like? I think it's hard to pick favorites 
from an album like this because every song brings something different to the table and showcases a slightly different side to Yungi's creativity as an artist. However, if I had to pick a favorite based on both the initial vibes and how it felt to listen to the song after reading the translated lyrics, this would be my favorite. Kim Jong-won's voice is incredible, and for the third time across this mixtape, I'm so grateful to Yoongi for making me get interested in an artist that I really hadn't held in my mind before. Uh, the beat from the opening seconds with the uh, piano notes alone, the way that Yoongi delivers his verses about this friendship, how it ended and what it could have been, what they could have been together, Oof. it's brilliant. I've spent a lot of time talking about how gosh darn relevant Yungi is across this entire mixtape, and Dear My Friend is no different. This is a song about reconnecting with a friend who's been through tough times and was in a detention center, and but it's not even remotely hard to mentally, mentally link up with, because who hasn't wondered about a friendship that diverged wildly after a point? Who hasn't wondered who they'd be if they'd stayed? Or if their friend had... Who hasn't tried reconnecting with a friend that went MIA only to find out that you're not even remotely recognizable to one another now? Yeah, I think it's a song that moves me the most on multiple levels, and still, I can bop my head to it without feeling consumed by all of the emotions. <sighs> this was a hard review to write, and I was not expecting that. And yes, it was partially because of what do you think and my frustration with that sample straight up ruining the song that should have been my favorite. But at the same time, it's always a little difficult for me to review BTS's content as a group and when they do their own thing. I don't know why. Maybe it's because sometimes it still doesn't feel like I get it well enough to comment on it or because at the end of the day, I'm still a relative newbie to music commentary. Or maybe it's because I don't know when my rap snob self will sneak into the sunlight. Or uh, could be because I just want to scream with delight when they do something that I like and that's not exactly helpful. Anyway, I did my best because ultimately, Yoongi did his best. Regardless of my main critical thought about what do you think and choices made in bad taste with that stinking sample at the start, at the end of the day, 9 out of 10 is still an A, and again, Yoongi's second spin as Agusti here on D2 is really good, honestly. I like it so much. I'm listening to it multiple times a day since Friday morning, and have worked it into my regular streaming rotations. I think I even put Dechita on my playlist for my project on blackness and Korean pop and hip-hop the second I finish my first listen of the mixtape. Usually it takes me a little longer than a single listen to get me to add new songs to that playlist. If you want to talk about anything about the mixtape, yes, even what do you think, and even if you disagree, my DMs on Twitter are open and so is the comment section on my website. Thank you so much for checking out my review and listening to it, and hopefully D2 as well.